Welcome back. Uh, Ball and Breakfast podcast here uh, with Wayne Pua and Patrick Miller. We're going to be covering some NBA tonight. It's been a while uh, since we touched on the topic, but when you got KD and Kyrie on the move in the NBA, uh, you know, super teams getting demolished, you know, before really, you know, any titles or banners are being hung or anything like that. Um, always a good sign for the fan of, uh, you know, organic growth and kind of looking from within to build a team. So uh, they're on the move, new destinations. Uh, you know, we'll first kind of cover the Kevin Durant trade, uh, although it happened behind the Kyrie one. Um, you know, bigger piece in this, but four first round picks, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, go on over to the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, Kevin Durant comes back for the Phoenix Suns. Um, Wayne, first off, I mean, with that trade, uh, what did you make of the actual trade itself? Just the the pieces involved in it, and yeah, you know, what do you see right now for the Phoenix Suns? Uh, you know, going forward with KD uh, at the helm. Yeah, so I I remember waking up to this because I think like the trade happened like right at midnight, I believe. Uh, at least that's when it was announced uh, on Twitter. Uh, I forget who exactly uh, called it out, but um, I remember you know I was in New Orleans and. Uh, I was at a bar and uh, it was around noon and everybody at the bar uh, or there was a group that just came in. They hadn't, they didn't hear the news or anything like that. And they were just like, Whoa, what is that? Um, I think that the Suns are, they're obviously just instant contenders here. You know, it's one thing to like add in, you know, maybe uh, a mid-level uh, player piece here and there and seeing if they gel uh, or even like an all-star, but KD is, you know, we can knock on him for, uh, you know, moving teams and things like that. And, uh, you know, questionable leadership here and there, but, you know, when you got, uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, uh, and, and Deandre Aiden on your team, you know, uh, that I think qualifies you as probably the top contender right now. Um, in the Warriors, they're not looking as good right now. Uh, as last year, you know, I don't know if they're a little bit tired or, or whatever, but they're just not looking good as they were last year, despite having a lot of the, you know, common pieces that they had from uh, last year. I, I know that they are looking to get our, they know our talks about, about Gary Payton Jr. and stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, uh, I think this team, even though they got rid of, uh, they, they got rid of a, quite a haul, you know, with, uh, is it Cam Johnson and, and Mikhail Bridges, right? And, and obviously, yeah, the, all the first round picks there. But um, despite that, though, you know, I know Kevin Durant's—he's going to be injured, or he's been injured for you know the past month, right? So you know, hope he comes back healthy. Hopefully, you know, every, he comes. They play in the playoffs like healthy as possible. Uh, you know, with with Chris Paul and Booker and all, because um, I know they've kind of had their history of injuries. So if they can be healthy. Uh, I don't know if there's a team that can stop them in the Western Conference. Um, I will say I think they're they obviously sacrificed some depth. Like they they sacrificed some really good depth pieces. Um, so like I guess that's my one concern there. You know, I don't think can you know get some people uh, pick up some players here and there. Uh, you know, via the, I guess the waiver wires things like that in order to help supplement some of that. But you know, uh, again, when you have that uh, starting squad that they do are expected to have i don't see any team really beating that so yeah but what do you think it's interesting i you know i'm looking at durant we obviously know who he is uh you know where he's been you know he's going to be on the shelf for a couple weeks now 
I'm just looking at Kevin Durant at 34 years old. Um, he's only played more than 72 games twice since he was 25 years old. So with that, I'm just thinking, you know, he's got three more seasons after this one. And in my opinion, um, we don't know when he's going to get back on the floor just yet. I think it's at least a couple of weeks. So they're looking past the all-star break, but you know, you've named all the guys there, um, you know, beyond the core four on the Suns. you know, you've got Torrey Craig, you've got TJ Warren now, who I think is a, a decent basketball player campaign on the bench. They just signed Terrence Ross after a buyout with the magic. Um, they're stringing it together, but I also think that just takes a little bit of time to build that continuity up to build, you know, some sort of chemistry, some rhythm, um, both on offense and defense with, you know, player like Kevin Durant, like they definitely have the talent there to, you know, get up to speed, you know, throughout the rest of this season, maybe through the off season into next season. But, you know, there's just like a, you know, confluence of different factors there. When you think about like injury risk, you just think about the continuity for this year, the depth there, um, but I also think, you know, looking at the Suns, they're they're fifth in total defense, and they just lost the, arguably their two best defenders. You know, they lose Mikel Bridges, their best defender for sure. Cam Johnson, very switchable, uh, long, young, uh, tons of potential. It's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to kind of manufacture a team and, you know, just expect it to go to the moon uh, instantly. I think, you know, LeBron, Bosh, Wade, just special guys, three special guys, Hall of Famers, no doubt. They had the entire offseason to build together. They were all young in their prime. Uh, just a different scenario. And I think we've seen this, you know, a few different times now. We've seen it with the Sixers. We've seen it, you know, obviously with the Nets. Um, you know, we've seen it for the Warriors. We've seen it on the good side of things. We've seen it in the Cavs uh, win or loss, you know, for, for LeBron in second edition of it. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I think there's an also an X factor of like you were saying Chris Paul is the leader. You know, Durant really needs to, you know, lean on guys who, you know, can take the lead, who can be, you know, the voice in the locker room, the voice in the press and the media. I feel like he kind of wants to take that approach uh, as a player. And, um, you know, his time is just ticking to me. I, I'm excited about this Suns team. Like I am, I'm thinking they are completely in this mix. Like a Western conference championship appearance is, is to me like, like almost a sure thing in my mind. I just got to know that Durant's on the floor, uh, you know, starting those playoffs off and maybe he's had like a month or so to kind of get prepped with the team and they, they're showing signs of life. Um, but I do have some other teams that I'm looking at in the West too, where I'm like, like, damn, like, I don't know, like there, there's going to be some stiff competition here, but uh, maybe I'll get to that after we talk about Dallas, but do you have any thoughts on, on what I just said with Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I I definitely think that um they're gearing up for everything right now. Uh so they, they it's they obviously mortgage their future in a way just to win now, you know. Uh who knows what happens with those first round picks that they have that the that Brooklyn got from them cuz that could definitely pan out for Brooklyn for sure. Um and you know, rightfully so, you know, with signing you know, uh, Kevin Durant and, and, and Kyrie, right? It's like, it's, you, that's what you get. So, um, it definitely is a little bit concerning. I think if I'm, if I am a Phoenix Suns fan, it's like we better win now. <laughs> and obviously they, they're, they're putting all the moves for that. Um, it, it'll be interesting. I, I do think that it, it, in terms of like, uh, the Western conference and like, uh, I guess best moves and like where teams are looking at, like right now, you know, if you if we go down it, it's like the the nuggets like can't you know 
have they have a lot of depth, but they're maybe not as experienced. Maybe they're just kind of over. I mean, we'll see what kind of uh, Jamal Murray we get um, come playoff time because you know we've seen previously he's done a great job there. Uh, but yeah, like everybody will make sure that Jokic does not beat them. Uh, and a lot of you know these good quality teams can game plan on that. Um, you know, I do want to say like I think the Clippers had a pretty good haul. I, I know they got. Uh, is it Bones Highland uh, who can get buckets? Just and I think that's great. That's a great ad, uh, you know, coming off the bench for them there. So as well as well as Eric Gordon and I think also uh, Plumley that, that they got and I think got rid of uh, John Wall and Agu Kennard, something like that. So um, they look pretty good. They've been playing really well. You know, again, if they're healthy, I think like that's the biggest thing. So, but yeah, I don't know. This they are old. The Suns, the Suns are old. Except Devin Booker and, and Aiden, and I don't know that could be, you know, kind of what ends them. If 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 I were to make an argument against them, uh, it's just hey, you know, the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Durant's been playing playoffs for a while, uh, same as Chris Paul. Maybe you know this season. They're, they're, again, they're only getting older. Uh, you know, sometimes those young legs or you know prime legs uh, just went out a little bit. So um, yeah, I, that would be I would say is the biggest. Uh, I guess uh, thing against them. Yeah, I I should say with with everything that I just said about the Phoenix Suns, completely worth the risk. Um, you know, the price to pay was was hefty, and uh, I no doubt think that the Brooklyn Nets are set up for the future. And with all the chaos that they had to kind of endure over the last you know few years with you know Kyrie and and, and somewhat KD, it's like at least they've got a way to, you know, pave a new future for themselves. And like, they'll bank on those picks for sure. And I, I'll even like some of the talent they got back in that deal with uh, Mikel Bridges and, mm-hmm. you know, um, Spencer Dinwiddie, you kind of look across the, you know, different wings. Cam Johnson's going to, you know, be interesting. And, you know, Joe Harris is still there. I feel like they have a lot of guys, you know, on that team that can play anywhere from the two to the four and just be super switchable. And they've got a whole year to kind of see, you know, what they truly need to kind of move into next year. But, um, you know, besides Phoenix, like, like you were saying with other teams, you know, in the West, um, you know, we could touch on Dallas in a sec here, but, you know, you brought up the Nuggets. They just got uh, Reggie Jackson on a buyout deal um, over from the Clippers. And I know it's kind of like, in a way, they just made a trade Bones Highland for (laughs) Reggie Jackson, but it's like, he brings a lot of playoff experience there, some grit, some scoring off the bench. I think that's what they were looking for is just like a little extra depth with a guy who's not, you know, a clubhouse problem um, and what they saw in Highland. But, you know, I like, you know, Jokic and Murray, and then you've got, you know, hopefully a healthy Porter and Aaron Gordon too. And it's, it's starting to like kind of come together for them. I feel like, you know, they've got KCP there as well. It's like they've, had a couple of years now, especially when they're in the bubble, like really making a strong push to be, you know, a legit contender. And it's like, they've got that full year of continuity kind of built up. I think they have one of the best, you know, point differentials in the NBA right now. It's like things are kind of moving into, you know, full focus. I feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jokic this year to like really set the tone, at least get them to the conference championship and, you know, maybe to the finals. But I feel like if he comes up with a dud here, like an early exit, people are going to start looking at him like, is this the kind of guy that can lead a team or is he just, you know, a stat getter? Yeah, no. And that would be unfortunate. It, he might. And I don't want to say this because, you know, they're, they're both like tall white guys, but yeah, it, it could be like a situation like, 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 you know, uh, Nowitzki, right. Kind of like that, right. Where, you know, they're the prime focus. They are the franchise. Uh, they're always going to be like the number one. And then they're just going to 
you know, the owners are just going to try to make uh, the best they can with whatever resources they have, uh, you know, pumping in uh, free agents here and there, uh, or obviously, you know, with, the, with currently with what the um, Nuggets have right now, you know, they've, uh, they've done some good drafting with Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter, you know, again, when they're healthy, like in which they are, you know, fairly well this season, they're a really hard team to beat overall. Uh, and yes, and uh, Aaron Gordon has been playing really, really well as uh, you know for the the season too. And like, I don't know how. Yeah, you know, again discussing the Western the Western Conference and just overall MVPs. Like, I don't know how Jokic can't win the MVP this season, right? Like, out of all the previous seasons, like I feel like this season is the most justified, uh, considering also yeah they're like the first seed too. So, you know, yeah, I. Uh, I, I do, and I do like your argument about, um, I guess the Suns. Like when you do trade for that top level talent, it just takes some time to gel. So you know, with these, I guess, uh, I guess dramatic, for lack of a better word, trades with Kyrie going to you know the Mavericks, and then um, uh, Kevin Durant going towards the Suns. You know, it it does take time to gel and. You know, when they're older too, uh, who knows? Like it's their new dog, old dog, new tricks, right? So it, it could be a little bit more of a challenge to get that team to just gel, find the roles a little bit, um, and yeah, uh, you know, see what happens. So compared to, you know, maybe the Clippers or yeah, the Nuggets, where the major pieces they've all been playing with each other for you know several years now, and then yeah, maybe they'll sprinkle in sprinkle in some people here and there, but. Yeah, we've got the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. He's going to be, I mean, he's used to being the focal point. So, you know, he's, he'll have to figure out his role and how he fits in with the Phoenix Suns there. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd also like to see what <clears throat> the Grizzlies are made of. I I know that they're becoming kind of an afterthought now with all the, the news. And, you know, um, they have had some unfortunate news where they're more, you know, getting uh, <laughs> involved in uh, post-game you know, disputes with, with lasers on guns. And then, you know, uh, trying to go after Shannon Sharp on, you know, LA's home court and stuff. It's like, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, just off court stuff that's kind of clouded what they are as a team. Um, you know, I know Ja came out and said, you know, he's not worried about the West. I think now he's going to probably have to start getting a little bit more worried. Um, and yeah, there's no, you know, certainties of how far he's going to go, uh, this year with his Grizzly team, but I just, Still, after watching them last year and kind of the steps they made, they're still right in the hunt of things for first place. You know, I like Bain. I like Jackson kind of as supporting pieces for Morant. They've got enough, you know, depth there with Adams and, you know, Dylan Brooks too, where it's like, you know, they can start to take, a, you know, some strides here. They are still fairly young and, uh, you know, a bit immature, but, you know, we'll just have to see what happens when we get to playoff time. And you you mentioned the Warriors too, which is just another team that's like, you know, they may have had an underwhelming season, but if they get healthy around playoff time, like that's a team with a lot of confidence, a lot of trust in each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, it again, yeah, it takes time to gel. And and usually yeah, during the playoffs, like you, you need that gelling, that chemistry just to come out all out, basically. And, you know, the Warriors, a lot of them have been playing with each other for a while and a lot of them played in last year's playoffs. Um it's just hard, I guess, you know, from what I've seen to kind of, you know, have them as the favorite right now uh, in the West. But uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's all in the strategy, just trying to peak in the right time. But, yeah, you know, uh, 
for me right now, like I, I like the Clippers uh, just because of, you know, the things that they made the, 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 the um, um, well, first, for, first and foremost, like they're, they're starting to get healthy, right. With Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, they've been playing really well. I think the, the past like 10, 15 games. So, um, and, you know, playoff Kawhi is like, you know, one of the best players ever basically. So if that's, you know, still consistent, uh, you know, in terms of depth, in terms of, you know, two-way kind of players like i it's hard to find a team that compares to the clippers in, in that sense so um but uh at the same time though there's a lot of um you know chemistry that can still be built i think with the nuggets and um you know some of these other trades yeah. and who knows I, i'd like to be proven wrong though I, I love being proven wrong so uh you know so yeah maybe the suns do take it i don't know but it, it's it's just hard to bank on that gelling just to happen so quickly yeah. Um, I guess the one team we're, we're failing to, you know, mention in this conversation, kind of the second part of it, but, uh, you know, with Kyrie Irving, you know, being shipped over from Brooklyn to the Dallas Mavericks, uh, they got Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, two seconds and a first unprotected uh, going back. And I think uh, you mentioned Markeith Morris was part of the Kyrie Irving trade to Dallas, but, you know, Dallas, uh, now has a kind of a formidable, you know, big two of their own, um, you know, building some depth around those guys. But I guess, what did you make of that trade? Um, what do you think of the Dallas Mavericks and uh, kind of what their upside is in the West? I mean, talk about balling and like playmakers, man. Like these, these two will be a show uh, for sure. Um, it'll be interesting again, similar to, you know, I think with uh, the Suns, it'll take some time for them to figure out, you know, each other's spots again they're two ball dominant uh playmakers and you know we we've seen that with uh Dwayne Wade and LeBron like you mentioned before uh with the Heatles uh like it, it does take time uh you know granted you know, they, they went to uh, I think it was it like the finals uh you know the first season so it's like it's still gonna take some time right um for that team they don't have the depth pieces right now um you know, to, to kind of compete with some of the top teams in the West, in my opinion, but uh, I, I don't think they're too far away. Uh, I think Christian Wood is a solid big man. I know he kind of comes off the bench there. Um, you know, they got rid of Dorian Smith, uh, Finney Smith, but at the same time, you know, Bullock's pretty decent. I, I think, you know, maybe if they can't are able to get like a wing or two, whether it be in the off season or uh, if they are able to just pick one up here, um, you know, I think that would definitely help them uh and uh yeah maybe like another playmaker off the bench uh so i i think a combination of that they are definitely contenders you know with those players but i, I think they're maybe one or two year away um you know if you ask me like which team might be better in uh yeah two three years from now uh i would probably i might actually pick the mavs to be honest uh, if we we're to pick between the suns and the mavs obviously it's just you know, sons are just getting older and a lot of the big, big pieces are there getting older. So, and, uh, Mark Cuban, you know, he knows kind of just how to, you know, make shift, if you will, some free agents and, and things like that, uh, uh, to come to Dallas to help build around, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a world-class uh, athlete like, like Luca. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that there's a lot of exciting things for a Mavs fan and, yeah, now more than likely, uh, Luke is probably going to be staying now, right? So I think that's the big kicker there. But yeah, yeah. Well, 
question do you think that Kyrie's going to stay past the season um i feel like dallas holds the right to give him a the, the best max or even like a two-year option if i read that right but um do you think he'll want to stay or do you think he'll want to explore his options once he's free? I think he'll stay. I'll say that because of Mark Cuban and Luca. I think that combination, and maybe it's maybe it's me trying to be optimistic about Kyrie. I think it's like, you know, if Mark is smart, right, of how to like, you know, and obviously they have coaches and stuff like that. You know, Jason Kidd, like, I think Jason Kidd, he knows like that whole thing. I'm like, all right, I'm a point guard all that uh i i think he knows how to you know talk with them and 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 get the best out of them there so um and yeah with mark cuban too i i think they have the leadership to be like hey Kyrie, you be you that's cool you know we want the best version of yourself to come out of here that's totally fine uh let's win some games you know how about that um i i think that's kind of maybe what Kyrie's is probably looking for you you compare like what everything was happening with the Nets, like it was just a shit show, I feel like. So, you know, I don't think anybody's ever said anything necessarily bad about the Mavs. You know, maybe they're not a, a star destination, right? Uh, man, they had Dallas, right? But that they're like a destination city or destination franchise like the Lakers or even like the Knicks on occasion uh, or the, you know, the Miami Heat. So, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of respect towards what the, the Mavericks do. So, um, I think, yeah, he does stay after after um, the season. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I feel like when you say it was a shit show, I mean, like I just see him being central in the word "it." You know, it's like, <laughs> so it's just like I watched his press conference with Dallas after getting traded. I watched how he reacted after the first game and how nice he was to Luca. It's just like I'm just waiting for one thing to go wrong, just one thing to get under his skin. You know, just like yeah. Luca got more touches in a game or Luca put up more shots or Luca, you know, started getting more headlines and more, uh, you know, better box scores or something of the sort. And just something's going to like get under his skin or he's going to come up with like, you know, a new philosophy on, you know, something he's observing in, you know, modern society or something. It's just going to, you know, go viral or something. So it's like, there's just, uh, I just feel like, you know, some, some toxicity is going to come out of Kyrie at some point soon. Uh, and I don't know. And I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on what he's going to do in the off season because, you know, I think, I think he probably does like Dallas. I think, you know, walking in there, it's probably feels like a really fresh situation. I feel like getting to play with Luca in his prime is something that's attractive that, you know, he's probably just having fun with like, Hey, you know, I still have somebody who's kind of the, the one a, and I can just be the one B. Um, but this will be fun. We can run together and, you know, just have a really you know fun time on the offensive side of things. But, uh, there is this like Lakers suspicion that I have. It's just like in the pit of my stomach, like he goes free somehow this off season and just wants to go with LeBron AD and just like, you know, try to instantly win maybe a couple championships because the way I look at Dallas, I'm kind of like, I think they're young. I think they're exciting. They kind of remind me of like the mellow AI nuggets, you know, when they first formed together, it's like you got these prolific offensive talents and, uh, you know, they're just, they've never really, you know, won at the highest level. They're just trying to figure out like how to take that to the next steps, but they're also very individualistic in the way that they, you know, play their game. I think, I think Doncic has way more capabilities of carrying a team than, you know, a guy like Kyrie, but, uh, you know, we'll just see if this is a good mix both for both sides. Uh, 
you know, I'm wondering if, if Doncic can have success with Irving, um, if this will be a good fit for them, if they're able to stay together long-term, but just as the team is constructed, like I like Josh Green as an extra piece in this, um, you know, really nice three-point shooter, very young, somebody who can, um, you know, take some pressure off of those two guys, then Christian Wood, you know, if he's able to stick around a little bit longer as like a six man, you know, big who can score and rebound a bit, like I think he's got, you know, some value there, but it's like they are missing some pieces here to like really take them to the next level. And it's just like, I want to see what they're able to accomplish if they're able to stay together in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, for sure. I think some people actually compared like this whole, um, maybe maybe it's like a one-on-one, but it's like at least how the team is kind of set up where, yeah, like like Chris, in a way it's like Kyrie back with the Cavs, you know, when when, when LeBron was there and that, you know, you have that generational talent and like Luka who like he's very much his game is similar. If you were to compare him to like any player within the past like 20 years, it's probably LeBron, right? Like all the triple doubles, you know, can create his own shot and everything. And, uh, uh, you know, is a triple double machine, uh, one of the best passers around, things like that. Right. So, um, and then, you know, I guess Christian Wood maybe is like a, a little bit, uh, not as good of a shooter, but maybe more, more athletic than like, uh, than Kevin Love in that case. So, um, but yeah, if they're able just to build around with that, with, you know, like you mentioned, like Jalen Green or not Jalen, um, uh, is it Green, jo- right? Josh Green. Josh yeah. Green. Yeah. Josh Green. Yeah. <laughs> um and then yeah uh filter you know get more wing defenders like some three and d players out there then i think this team's gonna be good they just you know need some you know yeah wing wing players there and some depth uh and i think that they can contend now with uh you know with Kyrie there but yeah Kyrie is always a wild card i feel like we you know i don't think anybody knows what's happening with Kyrie other than Kyrie. but at, even then i don't think Kyrie knows what, what's happening with him sometimes so i don't know um but i think part of me is you know if at least I, if i were in Kyrie's situation given like my history and what I've, you know, I guess done with, with, uh, you know, the Cavs and with the Nets, I feel like a little bit of, and also like, oh yeah, the, the Celtics I feel like a little bit of continuity will be good. And Hey, you know, you, you got one of the best young talents in the world right there in Luca. Um, you know, I think I, I, I would be more incentivized, I think, to make it work. Uh, especially, you know, I, I think if I want any type of like, uh, you know, my reputation going forward to be, you know, having some sort of, I guess, dignity behind it um but i don't know we'll see he's definitely kind of goes uh you know uh but he kind of just goes his own way right so yeah yeah i guess with all that um you know just everything that went on with brooklyn you know now looking at katie Kyrie in two different situations good situations for what they're worth but you know going forward let's let's maybe scan out five to ten years um when a major talent becomes free or, you know, whatever else it could be, do you think that guys are going to opt to, you know, stay in, in their, you know, current situations, or do you think super teams will, you know, kind of continue to be a trend here as we move forward? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I mean, we'll see what happens. It only feels like the NBA is just getting more money, right? So, you know, in the player players union, they'll see that. And like, hey, can we get some of that? And more often than not, you know, eventually they, they do. So um, I do like how there's always that hometown, you know, the max where they can get a little bit more than what they can get, or a lot of bit more, I guess, depending how you think about it. Um, a lot more from just staying, right? So, um I do seem I, I do see some validity in that. I don't know how like NILs will take into account and all that. 
um, or you know, if there's any other revenue generation machines for the NBA. But um, I guess part of me like likes to feel like you know, again with the whole uh, um, hometown, uh, uh, just getting more from being you know staying with the team. I feel like there ought to be more continuity going forth, even for like these special talents out there. Um, but I, I, I do think that they'll probably be shorter. Like, I don't think there's going to be, I don't know if there has been like of late of like seven year deals or anything like that necessarily. You know, I think it's going to be like five year deals, maybe max now these days. Right. So, because mm-hmm. again, NBA valuations, TV contracts, or who knows whether contracts in the future just keep going up. So, you know, I, I, I definitely think that I, you know, I'm hoping that players, I think, will stay. Like, I hope Lucas stays in Dallas and they just build around him. But I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It just seems like, you know, after watching this whole Brooklyn experiment, I would just be kind of hard-pressed to see, like, let's say, like, the next two to three big free agents that all line up together in a class kind of getting together like LeBron did with Wade and Bosch and saying, you know, we can do this. We can accomplish this versus kind of looking at where their teams are at. I'm sure, like, for the next, you know, round of of, of good superstars, like they're always going to be probably on playoff teams because you got a superstar or two and it's like you can string together some sort of, you know, playoff team. And it's just, unless you're dealing with a, a really incompetent organization, like you're part of the Knicks or you're part of like the Charlotte Hornets or something, it's like I could see where you'd like want to bail and want to go to, you know, greener pastures or something like that. But I feel like there's just been some really like telling lessons from all this. It's like, you know, just because you manufacture it doesn't mean it's guaranteeing really anything for you. And like, I feel like a lot of these guys like look back and kind of regret it. Like I know James Harden, you know, making his move. Like now he is talking about like wanting to maybe sign again with Houston Rockets. It's like, you know, going back to that place that really treated you like a king and like really, you know, tried to build around you in multiple ways, even if it didn't work out. It's kind of like there's some beauty in that, you know? And I like, I just hope that's where it kind of leads to because, you know, like, I think all the evils, all the ills of doing the super team kind of like bled out in that whole Brooklyn moment of just like how these guys thought that they were now part of management and like how these guys thought, you know, the world kind of revolved around them. And it's like, they really just never accomplished anything. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible to kind of like to watch a thing dissolve. And, uh, you know, I'm looking down at the box score even tonight, Mikel Bridges had 45 points, eight rebounds and five assists. Like, it's just disgusting, man. Like now that they have all those assets and, you know, return for the guys that, you know, uh, made them look really foolish. Like there is some brighter times ahead, I think for, for this team too. Yeah. No, it's funny is that like, you know, kind of comparing where the nets, right. Specifically the nets were, you know, when they had, I think what D'Angelo Russell and I think Spencer Dinwiddie and like, Jared Allen and like they were building a, a and they're like you know what we're just gonna trade them all for these you know a little bit older but in their prime like mega talents and it's like well they had no other pieces around them uh both of them were kind of divas and they never really amounted to anything so I you know to your point it's like we we, we saw I guess what happened with Giannis we're seeing also what's happening like with the Celtics just you know getting to like really really kind of like generational type of talents our top, you know, 25 players out there and they're kind of just building around them organically. And, you know, you're building yourself for long-term success. So it's like, yeah, unless you are like an LA Lakers and you're able to just get, you know, like a LeBron at a whim or, you know, Anthony Davis, right? Like, 
uh, yeah, like I, I think, you know, I think more teams are probably, you know, it's a copycat league, right? They're going to go towards the, you know, uh, uh, building organically, you know, getting a Giannis, getting, you know, trading, you know, tr uh, trading uh, other players. Maybe they'll copy the whole Danny Ainge thing, or trading their players for a bunch of first round picks. And then hopefully they, you know, one of those uh, land, right? So I, I definitely think that long term, most, most uh, organizations are, will probably go that way, go through the drafts, uh, add supplemental free agents here and there. Um, kind of like, you know, somewhere how I guess a lot of NFL teams, they're, you know, getting rookie quarterbacks using the rookie scale, uh, uh, a contract there, and then just, you know, signing all these free agents and stuff like that. So that's probably the model that I, I'm thinking that the NBA is going to be geared towards, you know, maybe for the next like five years until the next drink happens where, you know, the GMs kind of gamify the situation. So, um, but yeah, if I'm a player, it's like, hey, I get more money just by staying and, you know, uh, you know, winning too. <laughs> if we can, if we have a good relationship with the GM, owner, et cetera, city, then yeah, why not stay, you know? So I, I think we'll probably see more of that. Yeah. I'm also just, uh, you know, with all this, you know, the trades, like you were saying with the Jazz, it'll be really interesting to watch what happens at the end of the 2020s here uh i think it was bill simmons and ryan Rosillo breaking it down but like these unprecedented trades where four first round picks get traded hands like seeing where the jazz will be seeing where brooklyn will be and like the lessons that'll be learned from that because it'll be extraordinary to watch and even you know we've been waiting on the thunder to kind of cash in with like pick after pick that they've put together it's just it'll be fun to watch but i think it'll also like share some cautionary tales about you know how much are these guys truly worth in a in a in a swap where you're giving up some role players and all of these picks for for you know would be superstar? Yeah, I know, like like Rudy Gobert and everything. I, I know a lot of people have trashed that trade, and it does not look good for the Timberwolves. But I mean, I think that's a perfect example, right? Um, like it, it almost seems like there can only be one seven footer, uh, you know, uh, with the Timberwolves right now. I think. Uh, I, I don't know the, the the stats off this, but whenever I look at, it, I see like one of them is out. They're like they're winning. The Timberwolves are winning. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in there. But um, yeah, to your point, it's like uh, I think teams will see the, these types of things, and you know maybe there's maybe there'll be like an, a correction. Like there was a stock market with wait, are, is this player really worth four first round picks just to get? Uh, you know maybe not. Uh, even if it is like a win now situation. So uh, but you know. It's hard to make that that uh, decision, though. It's like if I am like the Phoenix Suns, right? The I don't know who the GM is, but if I'm the Phoenix Suns GM. You know, I got Chris Paul probably for a couple seasons, right? Uh, I got to be win now mode. So that definitely is where, you know, maybe that Kevin Durant works. And yeah, we trade uh, heaven and earth for them. Uh, you know, give two of uh, you know the best younger players, younger wing players out there and Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, but hey, I get the generational talent that is Kevin Durant. So, you know, um, it's hard to say, like, uh, you know, he made the wrong decision if they win. But if they don't, you know, we'll see what happens because it could be a challenge, I think, to build around just, you know, uh, yeah, in like three, three, four years when Chris Paul is retired and, uh, you know, Kevin Durant might be retired then too. Um, you know, what are you going to build around with uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden? Like, you're not going to have much draft capital. You're going to have to build through free agency, or you're probably, have, you know, with, with uh, DeAndre Aiden and Booker, they weren't that good. So, you know, they're going to figure things out there. Um, so, 
know, we'll see what happens, I think. But, you know, history, you know, we'll, we'll, I think people, a lot of GMs are going to be looking to see what happens, I think, with these teams. So, yeah. Yeah. A championship would cure a lot of the stress or, you know, future yeah. headaches that that organization will potentially have to go through. But, uh, no, I mean, I think this is pretty good coverage of what happened, uh, you know, out in the West. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the NBA? I mean, well, I mean, I guess thinking about it too, it's like, yeah, with like even the Raptors now, you know, if we want to do a retrospective, like what looked like, what how that trade went down with uh, DeMar DeRozan for uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard there, uh, you know, in, in, since we're talking about these trades, like I know that was a big trade back then. Uh, and, you know, the Raptors, they've been, obviously, obviously they won the championship. And I, I again, you ask, if you were to do a poll, I think 99% of uh, Toronto people, maybe 100, honestly, would say like they would do that trade again, right? Um, but then, yeah, obviously, you know, they're going through some, uh, you know, a little bit tougher times here, like fringe playoff team right now. Uh, have some talented players. You know, Scotty Barnes definitely is a talent. Uh, Fred Van Leeds uh, is kind of taking that next step a little bit. And then Siakam, you know, he's, he's balling out. He's an all-star, right, I think, too. So or, you know, kind of a uh, uh, quasi all-star and just like a staff filler. So, you know, yeah, like, I guess if you look at it that way, hey, maybe we go through some transitory years here and there, uh, I guess, like how we're doing dealing with inflation. And then hopefully, yeah, you know, there's a, there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel there. Uh, maybe they are able to, you know, suck for a couple of years and then get that draft capital. Or, you know, maybe they are able to get like a, a free agent that loves Toronto uh, since there's a lot more Canadian stars coming out there now. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with uh, the, the Toronto Raptors there, but you know, yeah, if I'm uh, uh, the, the GM for the the Raptors, then uh, I would probably make the trade again, get Kawhi, win that championship and yeah, you know, figure things out from there, but yeah, it's hard to say, but yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I you got to make the move, uh, you know, when you have everything in place to, to kind of make that that next step and you know in the phoenix situation just going back to it, it's like they don't make that move then yeah they do have bridges and johnson but it's just like is that truly enough this year to get them over the hump and you know what would you have to do if if paul is you know free and you know kind of out of his career at that point you know facing retirement and you know what happens when bridges and johnson come to you know those extensions like are you able to do it when you've got aiden and booker on the book so it's just like it's hard to look at and say, you know, this is a bad deal. It's just kind of like, it almost looks like a no brainer. If Brooklyn's trying to trade Durant and they've got two young assets, they, they can definitely pay. And then they've got four additional first round picks. And it's just like, unfortunately that's the price that Phoenix has to pay today, but they put one banner up based on all of this. It's like completely worth it. Cause they haven't had one. Um, <laughs> they had the whole Nash era, you know, they've had, you know, the Charles Barkley, you know, lead sons. I mean, even some, you know, Jason Kidd experiments here and there and stuff. It's like, they've been, they've been so close and they've had some really impressive teams. It's just mm -hmm. like, it's, it's almost now or never, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And an another trade too, that had happened uh, with Toronto then was like, was it Jonas Valachunas for um, uh, Marcus soul? I think too. Right. So uh, Marcus soul, like, you know, older player, uh, fit their system a lot better, uh, you know, with Kawhi and with uh, Kyle Lowry, just fit it better being, you know, a big that can shoot outside a little bit more efficiently uh, and, you know, uh, had good lateral quickness and things like that too. So, you know, uh, Val Junis, one of the better big men right today, uh, I feel like, right? Uh, 
so you know this is a double double kind of machine so um but at, again at the end of the day if your franchise has not won a championship uh and hey this this era this you know everything that the players are playing for you know if you want to be taken seriously as a franchise you gotta win that chip and you know i i do admire at least i guess what the you know the phoenix suns are doing over there i don't know if it's gonna happen this year you know maybe it takes a you know again like an off season to just gel a little bit and then add some pieces there but um i gotta admire i think what they're doing you know i guess if i to compare and contrast it with the raptors and what happened with Kawhi, like that was during the off season so you know Kawhi did have some time to gel with like Kyle Lowry and that whole system there, you know, uh, Nick Nurse a little bit. Um, so, you know, right now it's, yeah, it's midseason. Uh, uh, it sounds like uh, Durant's going to be, you know, he he's not playing right now. Uh, he's been hurt. So it's going to take some time to gel. Yeah, I just don't know what's going to happen during the, you know, uh, the playoff time. If they're going to ha- have that perfectly season right then and there. So, but um, yeah, I would, I definitely admire, I think, what the Suns are doing. Hopefully they do win chip for, their sake and you know it's one less franchise without a chip so for sure um well with that i think um you know some good coverage of the nba what's been going on in the trade market we'll see how this year plays out and uh i'm sure we'll run some sort of episode covering you know playoff preview and everything like that so you know stay tuned with us there um wayne did you have any final thoughts for today's episode yeah, final thoughts. I don't know. I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, it might might be a, a hot take, if you will. Uh, but you know, I've been seeing some things, I guess, from uh, the, you know, all these tech layoffs that I've I've been noticing that's been occurring, right? Um, you know, uh, I I don't know what we expect from these companies. Uh, I think is my whole thing. Uh, like, are we expecting Microsoft people and like the the Googles of the world? Uh, not to fire people, uh, you know, it, I know it's like f- four or five percent of their uh, workforce. They're have great revenue streams are highly profitable and all that. Um, but yeah, they they are very much determined by their shareholders and all. So like that's how how they roll. Um, so I don't understand this whole, I guess, idea of that, uh, you know, not not that we shouldn't feel sorry, I guess, for people that are getting laid off, like, you know, getting, losing a job sucks and all that. But uh, I don't know why we're expecting anything better. <laughs> I think is my whole thing. Um, in the end of the day, you know, these companies are comp- they're not your life. They're not your life. Uh, you know, if and I think this this whole thing proves it. I think the pandemic proved it, right? Where you know people are firing people left and right. So um, you know, yeah, you can be cordial, you can be decent human being towards you know your your coworkers, your manager, your boss, whomever. That's totally fine. Like that makes sense, but. Uh, it's hard to just like, I guess for me sometimes to like pour your entire life, life's meeting on like on your job. And, um, you know, and I, I don't know, for me, it's like been a kind of an inflection point, I think for some other people, for me, uh, for sure, you know, I've been laid off before I feel like, and you know, I know what it is. I've worked for a company that got acquired previously too. Um, and yeah, they fired people that had worked there for 30 years, uh, just, Handing, handing them a, a, a pink slip just right then and there 30 years and then just told to leave and it's like again what do you expect from people uh, some of these companies they're not they're not like you know jesus or anything like that or all uh they're just companies and they they do see you as you know figures uh, on a balance sheet so um i don't know for me you know not to put a a damp uh, taste on everything here but yeah i was just thinking about that recently and i guess uh just wanted to 
put that out there. But um, yeah, I don't know. Pat, if you want to say anything, feel free to say it. But yeah, I guess those are my thoughts. So I guess one question is like, with that perspective, what has it been for you that's been, I don't know, frustrating, annoying? Um, like what, what maybe gets at you about it um, when you think about the layoffs per se, or just the idea of around maybe working for a big tech company? Your, your company is not your family. <laughs> I hear that all the time and it infuriates me because um, both sides make the family work uh, through as you know, I, at least in my opinion, like you, you try to make it work as much as possible. Um, but a company, oh, it doesn't work or you know you did this, you looked at the manager the wrong way or something like that, you're fired. like yeah, that's like that's not a family that's a dysfunctional family, I guess or like, one of those yeah, uh, families you, I guess you make fun of, but yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I just don't see it that way. I see family as family, you know, like, yeah. and maybe I'm more fortunate, I guess, with, you know, having family around and, and all, and, and, you know, being a little bit more caring there here and there, but yeah, I just, it, it just kind of, uh, doesn't make sense to me as much. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah. No, I think that's totally normal. And I think that's, perfectly okay i mean i feel like the generation above us maybe the couple generations you know that preceded us in the work world uh really put a value on brand name and you know being a part of the bigger entity and moving up the corporate ladder and you know having power and status and wealth and all that good stuff and uh you know i think some of it's okay i mean some of it's okay like pushing yourself and you know wanting to know that you know your hard work is being kind of acknowledged or that you're working at when maybe one of the highest levels in your space like i totally I see where people get that drive, but again, like, yeah, if it's part of your identity, how you go about establishing your own name and your own personality, like that's a problem to me. And, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, this whole, you know, situation we're going through with the economy, you know, what happened after the pandemic and maybe what a lot of these big tech companies thought was going to be the wave of the future, like really didn't take place the way they maybe envisioned in their, in their business planning and, you know, people going back to normal, regular society kind of, you know, change those expansion efforts and, you know, people were laid off in the process. And, uh, you know, I also never want to see somebody, you know, lose a job and to be, you know, scrambling or to be without, you know, income for a while. But in the same sense, if you're playing on that level, you're, you know, at least upside or uh, possibilities of, a, you know, acquiring another similar paying job or similar, you know, uh, minded job is, is pretty, probably pretty promising, you know, if you're on the early, you know, portions of your career still, but, uh, no, I'm totally with that. I, I hear it. Um, I think with the pandemic and just kind of who we are as, uh, you know, millennials and we got another generation, you know, coming behind us in the workforce too. Now, um, it's kind of like, we value a lot of our own, you know, me personally, just, you know, working, you know, more flexibly, like having those hours off, like being able to close a laptop at a certain time, like being able to take vacations and not having, you know, to be hounded or sweated. And, and like you're saying, like people not treating you with a pretentious attitude. It's like, if somebody's going to try to make me like beg for their uh, approval, like <laughs> I'm going to have to try to say, like find a place that's comfortable for me where I'm actually, you know, as valued an equal part of it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's people obviously in the hierarchy above us that make the decisions and stuff, but the more personable those people are, like the more, you know, the employees stay in the hole and like want to go to battle with them, like for sure. Like that's, you know, what a leader's all about, but, um, no, it's a good point. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of stuff on LinkedIn with, folks uh, announcing that they've been laid off and uh, you know, definitely not fun, but I've also seen a lot of them, you know, get back on their feet and find, you know, their next opportunity with 
you know, for some of them, a similar tech company. So it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, man, but um, no, I'm totally with that. And, uh, you know, I know you're making your own changes now, um, not based on, you know, layoffs or anything like that, but like you, you can find new opportunities. You just got to look for them. Yeah. Yeah. And by all means, I, I don't mean like, yeah, uh, be lazy, don't do anything and <laughs> don't, don't strive for a better future. I definitely believe like improving yourself and doing all that, um, you know, career wise, personally, you know, all that for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, uh, it, again, it, it ties to, in my opinion, like the identity thing. It's like, uh, you know, somebody I think compared like these, I guess, Silicon Valley type of tech companies, like, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know, like grade school or advanced like college, basically, like they kind of treat it like that, like with all the, you know, getting togethers and stuff like that, which, Hey, I get it. you're trying to build a team, you're trying to build camaraderie, but I'm like, this isn't a cult again. This isn't a family. Like, you know, let's draw the line. Well, if you were, if you were to, uh, like, would you do this job like out of your own free will? Like, if they were paying you like, you know, below market, I don't know. It's like, are you really gonna feel it like that? So, uh, I think that's just where I I might draw the line a little bit there. But yeah, definitely strive to improve yourself. Uh, capitalize as much I think uh, you know on your knowledge, what you bring to the table. But again, it's like, uh, yeah, you know. Uh, these companies are not your family again you know for them they're the, they were making a business decision to lay off so that you know they can pay market market um uh uh or they can pay or improve their market shares and or their market cap things like that um because yeah all the big tech companies now i think past couple months they've gone up by like double digits now so again they're fine they're fine uh yeah so yeah i, I think that's where i'm going with that but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've also seen um, some pretty good articles out there. I think one was like Harvard Business Review, but just like mm-hmm. the increases in productivity, the increases in you know retention, things like that. When just people treat each other with you know respect and like dignity and stuff, like at the work, and you know, kind of going off these themes, it's just like I just continue to read a lot of these articles, just like shaping around you know positive teamwork, like kind of building, um, I don't want to say family because now we've ruined that expression tied to this, <laughs> tied to this conversation, but almost in a way it's like, you know, it's just the more personable you can make it, the less stress and anxiety you bring upon, you know, the people you work with or, you know, the people that work under you or whatever it is. It's just like you build some sort of collegiality and just some like genuine, you know, trust with each other and like people want to stay in the hole and like, yeah. you know, want to build toward, uh, you know, their own careers the the movement of the company or whatever else but uh yeah no i think that's a fair topic to raise especially in you know times we're going through right now um but besides that i have a final thought that's completely off of uh you know that topic and and into food yet again um but with the super bowl i don't know if you partied anywhere wayne but i went to a pretty good house party um i was actually blown away with uh what was on the table i think we had some new dishes kind of come to the surface that, you know, I really enjoyed um, nothing exotic in terms of, uh, you know, wild game or anything like that. But we had two different dishes that like really stood out to me. I never had before, but one, your typical chicken wing, um, kind of that, you know, full wing style. So it's kind of got like, you know, the break apart, uh, you know, capability and everything like that. But these wings were baked. They had salt, pepper, garlic, salt, and then there was Everglades seasoning on this thing. Like, I'd never heard about this. I was like, what is this seasoning? Cause these wings are really well-made. They're really delicate. Like kind of just, you know, fell off the bone or whatever with the meat and 
I was like, what is this flavor? I couldn't even put my finger on it, but it was kind of like a Creole type seasoning, but more like lemony in a, in a way. Like I don't even, again, like couldn't even explain it. It almost tastes like lemon butter or whatever else, but the girl who made them um, basically said that her family is like from around the Everglades or in Florida or whatnot. And like, they put this on everything and she showed me that it was on Amazon. So um, I definitely want to make my first order of that and just kind of endorse that on this show. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody out there is pumping Everglades seasoning as like something to pitch, but man, these wings were awesome. Like there were two different uh, selections of wings at this party. The other were a uh, dry rub from, from Costco, you know, the, the kind of the, the ready bake wings and stuff like that, which were also good. But uh, besides that, um, there was a dessert that was essentially cream cheese. Um, there was crushed Oreos. There was frosting. There was peanut butter in there. Um, there was something else. But essentially, like, you put it on a Nilla wafer and you just mm-hmm. eat it. And I was like, I was a little hesitant at first because I was like, I'm not like the biggest cheesecake guy, but in the same sense, when I ate this, it tasted like a, uh, a whipped version of like a Reese's pieces, like, I don't know, dessert or something like that. But I just thought it was so good. And, uh, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, brought this, just kind of like shared that recipe with me after. So I was like, okay, definitely doing this as well. But like (laughs) just two off the wall kind of like spins on, you know, traditional, uh, you know, meals and desserts that I had there. But, uh, I don't know, Wayne, do you, have you ever heard of like either of these combinations of flavors or anything like this, uh, you know, kind of showing up and uh, did you have a good Super Bowl just in terms of like maybe who you're around or what you guys, you know, dug into? Man, um, I don't think I've heard of that. No, but it sounds delicious. Uh, I love any combination of anything like that, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I mean, the South does, you know, uh, I, you know, I just came from New Orleans and everything, but yeah, the South definitely knows how to do desserts, uh, whether it's like a pie or any type of cheesecake. Uh, so, yeah, you know, mixed with honey and stuff like that. Oh, that sounds amazing. So, um, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess my Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I just had like a pizza. Um, and uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, just like a pizza. It was like a cauliflower pizza, actually. I, I just had it. You know, went went to the grocery store, just got one. And then, yeah, just brought it, brought it over when, you know, with some friends actually. So just something low key, you know, didn't want to go through the whole Domino's thing. It's like, Oh, maybe we'll probably get a, a pizza like three hours after the Super Bowl or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I just went to the grocery store, got something real quick. And then, yeah, I just had some people over and just, uh, enjoyed that. Um, again, low key, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was a nice Super Bowl though. I think, uh, you know, I, you know, we think we've talked about, you know, the game and everything, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely got fat in New Orleans. So I had to get some batteries at the store too. So yeah, yeah I got yeah. you. So I found this dessert. Um, it was from the Romeos who made it, brought this to the party. So shout out to the Romeos, but cream okay. cheese, butter, powdered oh. sugar, Nutella, crushed Oreos. And then uh, I think there was also some chocolate chips in there, but whipped oh, together just like a dip. It's called cookies and cream dip. I think you can find it anywhere on a Google search, but in, in general, I think they might've swapped out a couple ingredients because I know there was peanut butter in there and not Nutella, but I swear to God, Chase, if you like Reese's pieces or like, I think most people in the world just like Reese's peanut butter cups, unless they got peanut butter, you know, allergies or something like that. Like in general, this was like, it was amazing, man. I just kept going in with like <laughs> more and more scoops and stuff. And I think everybody just like polished off the bowl together. That sounds like all the best things in life, just like all meshed into one. So 
Like, was it also like in the shape of football or something? Or I don't know. Like, that sounds amazing. No, you, you can do it that way. I mean, I'm looking at some pictures here of like, you, yeah. know, you can do the, you know, the vanilla frosting and some like chocolate chips all over it. I'm sure you could do it. And I think it'd be a hit at like any, any sort of sports party or anything like that. But like, just with everything going into that party, like you just never know what's going to be, you know, kind of served. And we did a kind of potluck style. I think I brought lasagna and a chicken Caesar salad that I made and stuff. But like, you know, once everybody just stacks all of their different dishes on the plate, you know, on the table or whatever, it's just, it was a free for all. And uh, now different. And I think my buddy brought out like some Mac and cheese that he made as well. So it was just kind of like everything was super rich, super heavy, you know, beers were flowing, just kind of like just left. And it was just like Thanksgiving uh, 2.0. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, the, the Super Bowl now is like, it, it is like the unofficial uh, holiday, but it's like, yeah, like I, I do wonder. There's some uh, statistic out there, right, about the Monday after the Super Bowl is like the most uh, taking time off work. Like, yeah, let's just make it a holiday. Let's just go for it. You know, we're American. We make up holidays all the time. So why not go for the Super Bowl the the Monday after the Super Bowl or something like that, right? Um, but yeah, uh, good food. That I think that's always a, a fun fun thing for sure for the Super Bowl. So I do remember one time it was it was Super Bowl Sunday. This was maybe like four or five years ago when I was living in Seattle. Um, uh, it was me and a couple of buddies. We were watching uh, the Super Bowl in like uh, our building's common area. Uh, we had a common area uh, in our apartment building area, and we were watching the Super Bowl there. Um, you know, we had our own little thing, uh, uh, you know, food, like, kind of, you know, all the things we were talking about. Um, but then I do recall there was a pizza delivery driver. Uh, he was, he was, uh, he just made a delivery and uh he was looking into our room that we had that we rented out for the super bowl and he was just watching there uh for like five ten minutes i think it was like maybe uh close to like halftime or something like that there was like a big play that happened he was just standing there it might have been actually during uh the super bowl that russell wilson threw a pick i think that might have been it um uh yeah yeah with the marsh you know marshawn lynch didn't pass or didn't run it in i think it was during the, the seahawks super bowl run there but yeah I do recall that there is a pizza delivery uh, uh, driver right there, just staring at there for about a good like fifteen minutes, and then I, I was just looking at that, and I told, I was telling my friends there, somebody is not getting their pizza right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> just got to invite him in for a beer at some point, you know, just like, hey, dude, just sit down. <laughs> or, or do you got any more pizza, like, <laughs> dude? Yeah, just start uh, start working on some trades there for sure. Yeah, like I don't know, you probably get fired right after this. But hey, you know, you want a pizza, beer? Let's let's do it. So, but yeah, yeah. I thought that was a funny thing. So, yeah, yeah. the only other funny, <laughs> I think, Super Bowl food moment that I've had is uh, one time I brought this uh, dip that's made pretty often um, in our family or whatever, but salsa and cream cheese. So you take like two blocks of Philly cream cheese and then you just pour enough salsa, mild, chunky, just to get it a good whip, and then you've got like a pink flavored you know, cream cheese dip that you have and stuff. But like in general, it's just so tangy. It's so good that people will just tortilla chips, pretzels, whatever it is. But we were at my friend's house and he had, he was Filipino, but he just had like a complete spread of like egg rolls and he had chicken wings and he had all sorts of stuff. And at one point, like, you know, we had some drinks flowing and stuff like that, but like people were taking wings and just dipping in there and then like grabbing an egg roll and just like dipping it in there and stuff. And, 
you know, just things were just flying around that dip. And it was just like, the dip was just like a vehicle for all the other really like rich, uh, you know, fried foods that we were having and stuff like that. So it was just like a complete grease fest, but you know, just, just fun times, man. Just like Thanksgiving, like, you know, we don't, we don't praise Thanksgiving too much on this show, but like there are those moments in uh, American culture where I feel like, you know, we're going to do some, uh, some nasty things tonight and like, nobody's going to really like, you know, give each other a hard time for it. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I definitely appreciate those moments. Um, you know, it's like sometimes in life, right? I think you need those moments where let's just not give a shit about diets. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just enjoy your life. Right. So, you know, uh, whether it's Thanksgiving, whether it's Super Bowl Sunday, whether it's uh, a holiday dinner of some sort. Um, but yeah, uh, I always appreciate things Super Bowl Sunday uh, for the food and and uh, friends that you know and family that come along with it for sure. Well, no doubt. Um, we'll be back here. Our ball and breakfast family. Um, that's our new favorite word, family. We're going to continue to preach that. Everyone's going to obey the ball and breakfast logo. <laughs> sacrifice all life to make this better and uh if we decide to cut either one of us wayne or me uh you know we'll just have to be okay with uh you know finding another podcasting vehicle to jump onto but you're still (laughs) with us thank you uh leave us a like a comment please subscribe to our channels uh leave us a you know any sort of feedback on social media elsewhere you know we just appreciate it so until next time uh, it's patrick with wayne uh signing off for the ball and breakfast podcast Take care, all.